Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. snowed in like I have been it's been crazy with the snow and the cold and getting stuck (laughs) everywhere the snow days it's been crazy I um but thankfully there's only five more five more work days till March break so I'm really excited about the break just you know being able to relax sleep in hang out with the dogs um I have a paper to write for my course my clinical psychology course so gotta get that done I'll do that over the March break and just like chill you know what I mean like just be able to hang out and stuff so excited for today's guest and they're in the waiting room already so I'm gonna bring them in and they're going to introduce themselves hi Megan how are you Hey, Shelby, it's good to be here. <laughs> um, how was your day? So far, so good. My day is actually ending. I'm on the East Coast. So. Oh, me too, me too. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, are Whereabouts are you located? I'm in Delaware. Delaware. Okay. Where is that? Is that like near Maine? No, further oh. south. So I'm um, just under Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay. Yeah. So it's like, I was, I'm going to ask another dumb United States geography question. Is that near, like, near Florida? <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Florida's at the bottom, Maine's at the top, Delaware's kind of in the middle there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about where anything is in the States. <laughs> um, that's too funny. Do you guys have snow there? Um, we do have a little bit of snow right now. Um, we're in a weird place, so we either get snow or we don't, but usually it's above us. Um, we're kind of right on that line where we get more rain and like freezing. Well, we have like stuff. seven feet of snow, so you can have some if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a uh, hard pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so excited to talk with you today and kind of just like hear your story and like um, uh, just like kind of talk about being a teen mom and like your experiences with all of that and your experience with mental health. Um, so bef- before we get into all of that, tell me, tell me and the listeners about your story. Like what, sure. like tell me your back, your backstory. Yeah. So going all the way back, um, I, my husband and I are high school sweethearts. So Aww. we met when we were 16. Um, he was driving. I wasn't yet. So our first date was kind of a funny story. We actually just celebrated 19 years together. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So our first date almost didn't happen because it was actually Super Bowl Sunday and it was snowing because we lived in Pennsylvania at the time. And his mom was like, I don't want you driving in the snow. And my mom was like, I don't want you driving with a new driver in the snow. And I was freaking out on my mom and he was freaking out on his mom. Um, and everybody agreed that his parents should drive us to the Super Bowl party. So we did end up going. <laughs> um, so that was junior year, February of junior year. Um, and I got pregnant the following fall. Oh, wow. So, yeah, by like 
between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I guess, um, is when I got pregnant. And so we had our first baby just a couple months after graduation, graduating from high school. Oh, wow. And um, also simultaneously, my mom's job had moved from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to Wilmington, Delaware. So my mom and my stepdad and my four younger brothers and sisters all moved to Delaware the day that I graduated from high school. And so I was faced with the decision, do I go with them and move two hours away from the father of my child? Or do I bail on my family and move in with this kid? You know, I loved him, obviously. We were trying to work things out, but it was just like a very scary, um, I really wanted to be with my mom. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, because you would have only been, what, 17 or 18 at the time? Yeah, Yeah. So I had him just two weeks after my 18th birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Drew was really adamant on being involved in, you know, the baby's life and everything. So I moved in with his parents with him and, um, you know, all of my friends went off to college and this was pre social media. This was back (laughs) in 2004. So, um, you know, we barely had text messaging back then. (laughs) True. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, everybody left and went to college and, um, I was just, home with a baby with really you know I was far away from my family of origin I didn't really have access to my friends and so I found myself in this really um lonely place during a very vulnerable time in my life yeah how did that what was it what was it like being a teen mom and like when you were pregnant in that last year of high school yeah um so I've shared this before on other podcasts but really the the biggest thing is, you know, for any of your listeners, if anybody's ever had um, a pregnancy, um, especially a surprise pregnancy, mm-hmm. especially when you're young, um, not too many people are super happy about that. <laughs> Facts, true. <laughs> yeah. So here you are, you're torn between like wanting to be excited about this new chapter, but also kind of like embarrassed, ashamed, feeling mm. like you let your family down. Um, so scared shitless, right? Am I yeah. allowed to curse? Yeah, you're yeah. allowed. <laughs> okay. um, scared shitless because I have no resources. I have no education. I have no, like, a job to pay for a family. Forget that. Yeah. Um, like, I just, I didn't have access to those things. So I was really torn between, like, wanting to be really excited about being a mom and terrified of the reality of what that really meant. Was it, like, did you find, I know for me, for example, I don't have kids yet, but I remember being in high school and there was one girl, I would grow up in a really small town and there was one girl who got pregnant in high school. I remember that because she was always gone and we found out she was pregnant and like yeah. the bullies in high school, like towards her when she wasn't even there was insane. Did you like, did you experience that too? Yeah. yeah. So that's such a good point. I was very fortunate. Um, I'm sure a lot of people talked a lot of shit. I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, but my class was great. We, I mean, there was like whispers here and there, but for the most part, everybody was pretty supportive. Um, same kind of thing. It was a small kind of town. And so, um, you know, our parents knew and we were like, we're not going to tell anybody else because I just, I wasn't ready for For what you mentioned. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and my husband shared the news with someone who, of course, you don't let that kind of thing, you don't keep that a secret. You know, if somebody gives you that kind of information, you want to be the first person to be able to say like, guess what? Um, So within like, I swear to God, 15 minutes, everybody knew. 
And it was one of those things I was like changing classes and I just, I just knew that everybody knew. knew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I sat down next to someone that I was friendly with, but not like friends. Yeah. Um, and I said, Chris, have you, have you heard anything about me lately? And she was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, shit. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but we hadn't told, I'm the oldest of five. So we hadn't Mm -hmm. told any of my siblings. So I was like, shit, now I have to have this conversation at the dinner table because I don't want them finding out at school tomorrow. Yeah. You know? Um, so that was really the only thing about like the small town kind of thing. Other than that, again, I'm sure people talked a lot of shit, but, um, (laughs) That it was more so like, oh, is the baby kicking? Can I touch? Like that kind of stuff, which was great, but also like kind of weird because we're like on our way to math class and people are like touching my belly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, how did it, like, when did you and your husband kind of like, like, did you guys have a hard time after like the baby came or like, were you guys good the whole way through? Like, how did it kind of affect your relationship with him? Yeah. So so it's so funny so I again I'm the oldest of five so I'm very comfortable around babies and mm-hmm. changing diapers and calming crying babies and I get all that. that kind of stuff <laughs> um Drew was an only child and doesn't really have a ton of cousins and so he has zero experience with <laughs> babies and diapers and all that kind of stuff so a lot of that fell onto me which was fine because I I wasn't working and he was mm-hmm. um so we assumed those gender roles very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And for me at the time, I thought it was fine, but really it wasn't fine for yeah. me. Um, and I was really like, I would get so mad at him if I would like hand him the baby and the baby would cry and he would just like sit there with this crying baby. And then I would freak out like, <gasps> why can't you help me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and And there were times where I would just like, I would leave. I would be like, I can't. I can't be here anymore. And I would go to my mom's house for the weekend with the baby. Um, and, you know, there was, <laughs> it was not easy for a very, very long time. Um, but, you know, there was just a lot that we had to learn about yeah. each other and, and that we had to work through. It kind of made um, you grow up pretty fast, eh? <laughs> yeah, really fast. Yeah. Really fast. You know, like I said, he went to work full time and I stayed home because, you know, the cost of daycare, there was no way I was oh, going to yeah. get a job that would cover that. Um, but at the same time, we were like on food stamps. We, you know, like it was, you, you, <laughs> he was an electrician. So he would bring scraps home from his job and we would like um, scrape the, the outside of the wires off to reveal the copper so that we could trade in the copper for money. Oh. Like, that was the kind of stuff we were doing so that we could afford like a formula. Oh, <laughs> when did you guys end up getting married? So we got married when we were 20. So we had oh, wow. Timmy when we were 18. And when I told Drew that I was pregnant, the very first thing I said after that was, don't you dare ask me to marry you. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to marry you just because I'm having your baby. Like, that's not how this is going to go. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty adamant about that in the beginning and like, I told him that the baby was going to have my last name and like all of this stuff. Um, how did, that, how did that go over? Yeah. Yeah. Throughout my pregnancy. I mean, he was at every single doctor's appointment with me. Um, we, we still did our senior class trip. We went to Disney um, and he stayed with me. So, cause I couldn't go on any of the rides. Yeah. Obviously I was 20 weeks pregnant. Um, so all, all of our friends were out on the rides. We would do things like go to the lazy river and, 
you know, he didn't give me a hard time about it at all. And he just, he really demonstrated that he was going to be a great father, whether or not our relationship survived or not. Um, and so when I, when I had the baby, I gave him, you know, Drew's last name. And that was, that was the moment that kind of solidified, like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna probably get married. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is gonna happen. Do you guys have more, yeah. do you guys have more than one kid? We do. So we had two more kids. We had our last baby when I was just 23. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what made you guys have it, like, decide to have it back to back to back, I guess, like, because you were already used to it or? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's funny because we bought a house in December of 2007, which if you're familiar, that was right before the housing market crashed. Yeah. And so what ha- what happened was we paid the most on our street for our house and then prices took a shit and so now we're in this house that we owe a lot more than it's worth mm-hmm. um simultaneously when we moved in we i had baby fever like crazy <laughs> timmy was three years old and me and my siblings are all 18 to 24 months apart so yeah. i was like we need to have a baby like now <laughs> Um, and it wasn't going to be a super financially responsible decision. So we were like, well, okay, if we move into this house and then we get pregnant, we'll get raises in like March or April, we usually get a pretty good raise plus a bonus. Um, and then things will be like fine. It won't be great, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so we move in and we do the whole like, well, we won't try, but we won't be careful kind of thing. And, um, I know that infertility is a thing that people like deal with. Um, but I was one that did not have to worry about oh, that. Oh, that's so good. we get pregnant right away. <laughs> um, the market crashes, everything comes to a screeching halt. We don't get raises that year. Um, <laughs> you know, none none of the things that we thought were coming to us came to us. And so we were we were back in this place of oh shit, we don't really have enough money to do this. Um, and you're like and, in your early 20s at this point. <laughs> yeah, we were 21. Oh my God. <laughs> we were 21. And so we were like, okay, that this is everything's fine. Everything's fine. Drew goes and he gets a second job. So now we're working full time, going to school at night, and he has this part-time job. Um, and that's kind of how we dealt with that. Well, meanwhile, our second baby was just always sick he always had an ear infection he couldn't be he was always like overstimulated so if we were in like a restaurant or at a family party he would scream bloody murder until I took I took him away (laughs) couldn't be anybody else it had to be mom um and he was just a little bit more of like he was not as easygoing as as our first baby and so my husband was like this is it we're not having any (laughs) more I can't do any more kids um, and I was like, oh, just one more, you know, just, just one more. And, you know, that conversation we were, and I was coming to the to terms with the fact that like, we were probably done having yeah. children. Um, and then we had a surprise pregnancy. <laughs> and at that point I was more scared to tell him about this one than I was the first oh, one wow. because I was like, he is going to leave. Like oh. this, our life is a lot. And if he's already like at his wits end like there's no way that we're going to be able to survive bringing another child into like this relationship um but he again he was like everything's fine (laughs) everything's fine everything's fine (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and, and it was, but, but we spent that, like all of those years feeling like we were in over our heads, especially Mm -hmm. financially. Um, emotionally we were in over our heads. We weren't really getting to know ourselves, which I think is really what Mm -hmm. your twenties should be all about. Um, and then that led to problems down the road where, we thought that we were heading in the same direction, but we found out that we really were not because oh. we were growing kind of in different directions and realized that we wanted different things out of life. And so we had, we did have marriage problems there for a little while. Um, and I think that it's a direct result of the way that things were when we were in our early 20s when mm. we were starting out. So how did you guys kind of resolve those things when you kind of hit that bump in the road? Yeah. So we ended up having to go to marriage counseling and for any listeners who are either married now or thinking about getting married or think that they might get married in the future, um, do not resort to marriage counseling as a last resort like we did. Um, Go early and go often because to have uncomfortable conversations is uncomfortable. It's hard, Nobody yeah. wants to do it, right? But if you have a third neutral party there to facilitate that conversation, it can be so much more productive. Mm-hmm. And then you can get through some of these issues without the screaming, without the fighting, mm-hmm. without the hurting people's feelings, without not talking to each other for, you know, a couple of days or weeks at a time oh or those goodness. other things that go on in relationships, <laughs> you know? That's yeah. No, that, that's that's great advice. Did um what was I gonna say to you? Did you after you had your babies, did you or how old are your babies right now? So the first one's in two thousand four. Fourteen. Yeah, seventeen, 17. and eleven. Seventeen mm-hmm. already? Oh my goodness. So our oldest is a senior in high school. Now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. What would you do if he came home to you right now and was like, Mom? I know. So we, we've had a lot of conversations about (laughs) that. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think no one knows how they're going to react to that until they're put in the situation. I like to think that I would be really supportive, but I do think that I would, I would need a minute to catch my breath (laughs) for sure. I just, I just thought of that once you said he was senior year. I was like, wow, this seems familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After, um, I'm curious to wonder, after you had your, your babies, whether it's the first, second, or third one, did you ever experience postpartum depression? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely experienced it after my first. And, you know, you go to, you don't know, but you go to your six-week appointment after you have a baby, and it's like, they want to ask about your baby. They're checking you physically. And then it's the, oh, by the way, are you depressed? No? Okay, great. See you later. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's that's how it was. And there's, you know, they give you all the material, the reading material in the hospital. And, you know, these are the warning signs, blah, blah, blah. Um, but because I wasn't in, like, a critical condition, mm-hmm. I just thought that, like, I'm not going to say anything. Everything's fine. It'll right? just pass, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And because I was not in a critical condition and because I had a really strong support system, I was able to work my way through it intentionally. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is not everyone's story. And I think that a lot of people reach a critical condition and don't realize it because Mm -hmm. I had that experience later in life. Um, And so I would encourage you, if you are sad at all, or if you are you know, not laughing as much as you normally do, or 
um, you know, not responding to text messages from your friends or, you know, those types of things, ask for help. Go get help now. Do not wait until you're in a critical condition. Um, but at that time, I had an epiphany in the car, actually. I was driving from PA to Delaware. It's a two-hour drive. And I drove the whole entire way in silence. Oh, wow. And at the time, I was like, and still to this day, car rides are like my jam. I turn the music all the way up, sunroof open, and it's like party time, right? <laughs> so that for me was like, something is not right. And so from now on, every time you get in the car, you're going to have to, you're going to have to play some music and you're going to have to jam out even if you don't feel like it. Um, and that's kind of how I was able to work through it. Mm. Um, again, because I was not in a critical condition and I had a very strong support system. So, so you did, so you did experience like, uh, mental health issues, just not as severe prior to being pregnant. Yes. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, and I've always, I can, trail my anxiety all the way back to childhood. Oh, wow. Um, but at the time, it was like, that's just how my family is. We're just yeah. kind of wound up. Yeah. Um, you know, we're very passionate. <laughs> like, those types of words were used to describe what was really anxiety. Yeah. Um, and so, and actually, I would say I experienced a little bit of postpartum anxiety, too, because okay. we talk about postpartum depression yeah. a lot. But there's postpartum anxiety, there's postpartum OCD, there's all True. kinds of mental health concerns when it comes to that postpartum um, phase. Yeah. So any kind of change in behavior, I, I would say, or any kind of um, persistent behavior or thought, I would say is definitely worth looking into. Did it, um, did it affect you at all? Like after, your, like, did you notice it affect like the way you parented? No. So I was a very relaxed parent. Like I was never concerned about like choking or falling or like any of those very common or getting sick, like any of those things. Um, you know, my, I have relatives that have babies now that like, will go check on them in the middle of the night to make sure that they're still breathing. I never experienced anything like that. Um, it wasn't until later on when my kids were I guess I had one in middle school and one in, or, and then the two in elementary school. And there were some things going on and I was just like so aggravated all the time and just like at my wit's end. And um, I finally called my doctor and was like, I think I need anxiety medicine. Mm-hmm. So I go in and she gives me this questionnaire and it's like on a scale of one to 10, yeah. how often do you feel blah, blah, blah. So I've taken one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fill that out and I give it back to her and she looks at it and she goes, Megan, you have chronic depression and general anxiety disorder. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't have depression. I, I, I'm here for anxiety. <laughs> um, you know, and she, she's asking me questions about my life and I'm telling her and I'm crying, like bawling. Um, and she's like, that must be really hard. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. This is normal. This is, these are all normal things that all moms deal with. And I need to be able to handle it. Like I, I, <laughs> I was just so frustrated with myself. I was frustrated with like the way she was approaching it. She was great, but I was just like, this is not, I'm not here to talk. I'm here for like, I'm here for you to solve anything. my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so she puts me on a medicine and I take it for probably over a year. Hmm. Um, and I'm not having panic attacks all the time, which is awesome, but I'm also still not laughing all the time, I'm not having as much fun. Um, so I talked to my husband and I talked to my doctor and we all agree that I'm going to wean off the medicine mm-hmm. and see if things have calmed down a little bit. Um, and I do that. And then I did that in like late 2019, early 2020. Okay. okay. Um, so really bad time to be coming off of your anxiety and depression medicine if you know what's forthcoming. Yep. <laughs> if you can tell the future. <laughs> um, so March of 2020 happens. Everything shuts down. Um, we had a lot of things happen around here. We, ha- we were hosting um, someone from Spain who oh. decided to stay in quarantine with us. And then last minute was told that she had to leave now or she risked not being able to ever go home essentially. Um, So she had to leave, grocery stores are out of everything, kids are not going back to school, husband's not going back to work. I already worked from home. um, So my work from home situation didn't change except for the fact that now everyone else is home and demanding my attention when I'm supposed to be working. Um, So all of that, meanwhile, Every podcast that I listen to, every time I turn on the TV, everybody everywhere was just like, it's okay to feel stressed right now. It's okay. We're all overwhelmed. We're all kind of going crazy a little bit. Like, you're normal. Everything's fine. And so I was like, okay, this, everyone feels like this. This is fine. <laughs> um, and my husband was like, you need to go back on your medicine. And, you know, he said that and what he meant was, you know, you need help beyond what I'm able to provide for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I heard when he said that was, um, you are too much and I want a watered down version of you. So my response to that was, fuck you, leave. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I would have said the same thing. (laughs) Um, And so he did. He left. Oh, I was not expecting that turn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it took me a couple of weeks, but I was like, okay, he's still not right. I still don't want to be on medicine, but, like, I also don't want to be divorced. So let's let's find some other avenues. So I get in therapy. um, We get in therapy together again. And um, my therapist recommends medicine, and I'm like, absolutely not. I'm here to talk shit out. I'm not going back on medicine. That was a terrible experience. My brain cannot be an experiment right now. Like I don't, I don't have time for yeah. this bullshit. Yeah. Right. Um, and so she's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. So, and I'm meeting with her every single week and every couple weeks she would say, have you considered, you know, trying out a new medicine? Like not all medicines are the same, blah, blah, blah. No, Sasha, I don't want medicine. I just want... You're like, give me some, give me a different strategy. (laughs) Yes, I mean, give me some other tools. Yeah. Um, But, and and things got better, but I still, and I wasn't having panic attacks anymore, which was still awesome, but I was, (laughs) I was definitely like still wound very, very tight and always very tense with a very short fuse. Um... And all that kind of stuff. So eventually, after a few months of working with her, I agreed to go see a doctor that she works with and talk about getting on some medicine. 
Um, so I go to that doctor and she was like, you know, she was asking me about my family members. You know, does anybody else in your family mm-hmm. take any medicines for mental health? So I give her that list, which was very helpful because I didn't have that information the first time I went for medicine. Yeah. Um, and what I did not know at the time is that if, for example, your mom or your sister or someone very close to you is taking a medicine that's working for them, that medicine will likely work for you too. Oh. Um, so it's, it's helpful when you're looking for a place to start. Yeah. It's not a hundred percent, but it's a great place to start. Um, so please talk about this with your family because you'd be surprised of the yeah. people in your life who are either actively taking something or have taken something in the past, because that's the other thing with medicine. It can be something that just gets you through like a period in time, or it could be something that you have to take more long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was much more vocal about, give this a try. And if there's anything about it that you don't like, we will switch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my previous doctor had mentioned that, but this doctor was very like adamant to make sure that I was very aware that I could call her at any time and change. <laughs> um, and we had a follow-up appointment and all that kind of stuff. So I still take the medicine. <laughs> how are I you tried. and your, how are you and your husband now? Uh, we're much better now. Okay. Good. Much, good. much better. Um, and <laughs> it's ironic that our main problem, besides besides my out-of-control mental health mm-hmm. problems, um, our main problem at the time was our lack of time together, which sounds crazy because we were all in quarantine yeah. together all the time, but it was like we never had time together that was uninterrupted, that we weren't like talking about the world around us or talking about the kids or like really just connecting with not each like other. that yeah like that genuine connection yes yeah. yes and so we have made that a very big priority and we know like because again we have three kids teenagers preteens they're just their schedules run us all over the place um and so if a week or two goes by that we haven't had that connection like we feel it in the way that we just interact in our day-to-day um and so then that's a reminder it's an early reminder now that all we need is even 10-15 minutes of Mm. that genuine connection it doesn't have to be a date it does we don't have to spend money we don't have to get a babysitter like literally just 10, 15 minutes, even just a lunch break because he's still working from home most days and the kids are back in school for now, (laughs) Um, which is huge. Um, So even just a quick lunch break together really makes all the difference. That's awesome. How do you stay like so positive? I can see like the the way, even the way you're talking about like your past and like your struggles and stuff like that, like you're still positive now. How have you been able to stay and maintain that positivity? Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I would say I'm I'm now actually doing all the things that I was trying to do mm. when I was listening to the podcast and doing all those things when the people were like, write in your journal, take a walk, you know, do all these things. Well, I can't even get out of my bed and brush my teeth. Do you yeah. think I'm getting out of bed and writing a gratitude journal? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, not a chance. <laughs> Um, but now I can. So, you know, I have better habits for myself Mm -hmm. and I'm much easier able to identify like when I'm slipping into a place that doesn't feel good. Um, so I'm able to catch it a lot quicker. And honestly, even so much as like I left a job that 
was a great job. I had awesome coworkers. Um, it was a remote, full-time remote position. On paper, I was a great candidate for the job. You know, all of that stuff, it all made sense. But there was so much friction because it's not really what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be spreading this message. But that's a really scary. A hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, especially because right now, this spreading this message doesn't bring in any income for my family. Um, but I can't, I can't dedicate the time to this while also working full time. Mm-hmm. And so, with the support of my husband and some sacrifices at home, we decide to prioritize my mental health and to hopefully make something of this business sometime soon, um, to go ahead and quit the full-time job. Um, I have, I have some gigs, so I have some gig work to, you know, bring in some income in the meantime, but it allows me a lot more time to dedicate to something that brings me a lot more fulfillment in my day to day. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Um, what is, I have a couple more questions before I let you go. Um, (laughs) What is the best advice you've ever gotten, whether it be like relationship advice, mental health advice, like life in, uh, advice in general? Like what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Yeah, I don't know. Like I can't pinpoint this to one specific person or if it's just a recurring theme of advice I've gotten along the way. But it's definitely do not stay in a place or with a person or anywhere mm-hmm. that you don't feel great. Because I made that mistake for a very long time. Like I am loyal to a fault. And same. Stay same. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shelby. I'm the same. <laughs> in my life. Yes. Just because I'm a loyal person and that's bullshit. You don't have to stay in these places. You can pursue other work opportunities. You can distance yourself from family members. You don't always have to cut them all the way out, but maybe you put a boundary there that you don't talk to them past a certain time at night. Or you don't talk to them until a certain time in the day. You know what I mean? Like you, yes. can, you can create space for yourself. I want to like snap for you for that. Like that was like, <laughs> that was like A plus. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> it's hard though. Like that's hard to do. Like sometimes because Super too, hard. like you feel so safe in that position or like, or with that person and like, you don't know how to just not be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I felt that one. I felt that one. <laughs> Um, if you could go back and tell 20 year old Megan anything, what would you tell her? I would tell her (laughs) that as big as this problem seems right now, you're going to figure it out and it will not be that big of a deal soon. Yeah. Cause you had, would have had a a one and a half year old ish at Mm -hmm. 20. Yeah. 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 And when you're 20 years old, I feel like whenever something happens, it feels like, oh my God, the whole world's over. Like Like, I find, like I find everybody talks about like, oh my gosh, like the teen years are kind of like the, what makes you sort of speak. I would disagree with them. I feel like me, cause I'm only 27, like between 21, 23 was the worst year ever when I was 23, (laughs) but like between 21 and up to now, I feel like I've grown and learned more now than I ever did when I was in high school. You know what I mean? And, like, that might just be my personal experience. Like, you had a baby in high school, so, like, yours is different, obviously. But I feel like you grow so much in those specific years, too, because in high school, you're just, like, in school. Whereas when you're in your 20s, you're in, like, you're thrown into life. You're like, here, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're thrown into life really quick, no Mm -hmm. matter what avenue you choose. Whether you go to college, whether you go to work right away, whether you move out or stay home, 
it doesn't matter because you're still figuring out the world and your place in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like in high school, like, yes, you can, there, like, there's like the shows and you and like, where people get married in high school or like have a baby or like, I can't even think that's probably like the major ones in high school, but like, then you have everything else on top of that once you hit 20 and you're just like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just tricky, but I, I like that because you kind of had to, you had to figure it out really early. And so I appreciate you kind of sharing that and and your story and your expertise with that um where can my listeners and everybody find you yeah so i mostly hang out on instagram at megan.edinger that's e-d-d-i-n-g-e-r um and i also have a podcast so if you happen to be a mom in your 20s it's called the no bs mama you can check it out wherever you listen to podcasts awesome that's so good i will have to shoot you a follow because i feel like i missed that but yes (laughs) awesome thank you so much for taking your time out of your day and evening slash I think we're the same yeah we're the same time so yeah. <laughs> um to chat and kind of like share your story with my listeners and I'm gonna check out your podcast too and um I'm gonna follow you on Instagram so that we can stay in touch awesome yeah I would love that thank you so All much right. thank you so much Megan take care you too okay bye bye-bye just the sweetest human ever like so sweet so kind the fact that she was able to like overcome all of that in her 20s like I'm 27 and I can't even imagine that happening to me in my early 20s like I thought my early 20s were were crazy and heartbreaking and sad but uh like I don't know I guess having a baby is it it's not it's a positive thing it's just if you're ready for it or not and if like in your when you're in your early 20s that what that's a tough that's a tough one you know like you're still trying to figure yourself out you're still trying to discover yourself and it's just it's it's tricky to kind of navigate life you know what I mean like do you if you're in university or college like do you continue with that if you have a job how does that affect your career because you're so young and you probably just started the career you know what I mean so like just figuring it all that out, like that's that's tricky, and I I applaud Megan very much for sharing her story and and still advocating for those who might be in that might have been in that same position, maybe they are still in that same position, and um, just kind of sharing her story to make other people feel like they're not alone because that's all we want to feel, right? Like when I was in my early twenties and didn't want like was trying to get through that like the early breakups and what have you and like getting kicked out and you just want to feel like you're not alone right and that's all I felt in that moment was feeling alone and and feeling like nobody else I knew had either gone through that or understood what I was feeling and so just being able to talk to people and and hear other people's stories and hear how other people have navigated their early 20s I hope that there's like one girl out there or one boy or or somebody who's going through some a tough time and in their 20s and be like okay like she did this she can she she succeeded she became successful afterwards she's happy afterwards she found love afterwards um or maybe you're 27 and you're going through it maybe you're in your early 30s and going through it um and just just to know that you're not alone right like just to know that that somebody out there has gone through the same things you have and it's something just so simple like if everybody says like like I've talked about many times before on the show like 
nobody talks about your 20s, right? Everybody just thinks it's just an easy time. You're either partying through it or you're working through it. Like, But all those heartbreaks and heartaches and tragedies and traumatic events and all of that stuff can still happen in your early 20s and people don't talk about it that much. And so just to feel like somebody else is there, whether it be somebody in Delaware like Megan, whether it be me who's in Canada, whether it be somebody in Australia or like, or in California, like it doesn't matter, somebody out there, you just got to find those connections and build those relationships and, and find your people, right? And that's what it's all about. So I just thank Megan for that and, and thank her for sharing. And you guys check out her podcast on all of the podcasting platforms. But I'm so excited now to go just relax, refresh, just got to get through this week. Oh, it's like, I don't know who's excited more for March break, the students or like the teacher. Like I thought I was excited for March break when I was a kid, but now like as the teacher, I'm just like, all right, let's go. Like we're counting down the days. You know what I mean? Uh, just, I'm so excited for a break, but have a great Monday, everybody. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay warm. It's freaking cold where I am <laughs> and snowy. But uh, have a great week, everybody, and we'll chat next week.